It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Divas That Care. My name is Candace Gish. Wow, if this is your very first time tuning into the Divas That Care, a huge welcome. We're so excited that you joined us. The Divas That Care is now in its 12th season. We are listening to in over 30 countries around the world, so we are always excited when new people check us out. Uh, For any of you that are tuning back into the program, thank you so much. Make sure that you are one of those amazing people that share, like, and comment on all of our programs because we really appreciate that. We love supporting all the amazing guests that come onto our program, and we love supporting all of our hosts. So if you haven't checked out all of our hosts, make sure you go to divasthatcare.com and check out all of our amazing hosts. You're going to love their programs. All right, everybody, I'm excited to be welcoming back one of our amazing guests. She has been very inspirational in the things that I'm learning in my life. I just love listening to her. You know, you're going to have to check out all of her videos that she does out there, and she's got some great books. Um, and I just, as I said, I really love having her and just having the ability to chat with her. Um, my amazing guest today is Phil McCumber. And Phil, come, welcome back to the Divas. I'm so happy to chat with you again today. I am so thrilled for our conversation today. And it's, you're just such a blessing in my life. I am so grateful for you and the work that you do that's really making a difference. Oh, thank you so much. And I love the the tribe of individuals that we know together and just being able to collaborate. It's so much fun. And you know what? You're just an amazing woman. As I said, I just love chatting with you all the time. So, Phil, for any of our new listeners that don't know who you are, would you mind introducing yourself to them? Sure. I uh, have served in the field of education uh, since 1988, so at the time of this recording, that's like 34 years. It's kind of hard to imagine, and my trajectory in my journey of making a difference um, resulted in being an author in the field of education. Um, I've created a four-step teaching framework that simplifies learning and simplifies teaching, and at the current time, most people kind of view me as again, being in education and the guru in education, and I'm very humbled by that. But also, what I'm excited to talk about is the brain is the brain, whether you're a child or whether you're a young adult or you're an adult, you know, right in the middle of your career and wanting to move forward in the workplace. And so I'm excited to discuss strategies related to being successful. I love that. We all need that. We sure do because, you know, we're not mind readers, right? I mean, sometimes um, I will interact with people and I'll say to them, you know, I'm happy to follow the rules. I just need to know what the rules are. You know, I can't read people's mind. And kids feel the same way in school. We can't just assume knowledge. We could assume competency. That we need to assume, that everyone is competent, has the ability to learn and be successful, whether they're a child or an adult. But we need to be able to explicitly teach to improve performance, whether that's in the classroom or the boardroom. 
I love that. And it's so important because we don't, everybody learns differently. And if we're not explaining things properly, they're not going to understand that. And you know what, I've seen that with my children and how people talked to them when they were in school and uh, they were and they didn't understand. And it's just, you're right, it's explaining that simple thing. And it works throughout our entire lives. It does. Yeah, whether we ourselves are accessing education at a higher level, whether it's in a trade school or a college, university, um, or even a job training program, right? Exactly. And I like how you were just mentioning that even in a boardroom. There's so many miscommunications within boards that it makes things very challenging when things aren't explained in in the communication, uh, misinterpretation of a lot of things that could be easily fixed. Right. You know, and I interact a lot, of course, in the field of education and also with school boards, you know, so this also could be applying to some of your community service as an adult in terms of what we're talking about today. So tell us, what is the secret solution? I know that that was going to be our big topic today, and I'm really excited to be learning more about that. Well, I think to start with, we should just briefly discuss really how the brain works because we've been referencing it for the past couple minutes, right, Candice? So how about I just do a down and dirty, we need to present things to anybody in the way that our brains best learn, understand, and process information so that we then can demonstrate that knowledge and share it out. And it's not 50 steps. It's too much for a child or an adult to go through that kind of process. It's really four steps, and these four steps are learn, read, write, talk. The learn and read is the understanding and processing the information and making it stick in your brain, right? And the write and talk is showing that what you learned and read about, and this can apply to the workplace, which is what we're discussing today. And you know, I'm I'm excited to just give some real specific examples as to how this can work in the workplace. I really like that. I think that our listeners are going to really appreciate that. And I think, you know, we're we are talking about the workplace, but things have changed so much. And a lot of people work started working from home, a lot of people, you know, just different dynamics of of situations now and how important because before we kind of dive, dive into everything, how important is that even even more so now, to be able to communicate properly. So important. And also to be present. You know, I always always say your brain needs to be in the group, right? Because many people, like you said, are working remotely, myself included. I I mean, even pre-pandemic, I've worked remotely because I work in so many different locations geographically. But uh, So I already had systems in place for that. But so many times you're in a meeting and people are sharing their videos, uh, whether it's in Zoom or a Google Meet or, you know, go to meeting, whatever format you use, and they're looking down at their phones. They're, they turn their video off. You could tell they're multitasking, and then they're called on to participate, and they're not up to speed about what's being discussed. And being present and focusing on the conversation is, first of all, the very first step because you need to be present, right? You know, when I compare this to education, I will say in elementary school, okay, we're in science class and we're learning about owls of North America. That means our brain is thinking about owls 
not about recess, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's it. like focus. We need to focus. And we need to teach focus. I don't think focus is an automatic thing for a lot of people. No, I don't think so. I think that um, people are so overwhelmed with what's going on around them that it's hard to keep on topic. Right. Yeah. You know, in the support that I do with people, I have a phones down rule. Um, Unless it's related to you have a sick child or an emergency with a family member or whatever, it's a please turn your phone upside down because we all get those alerts on our phone, myself included, right? I get alerts from CNN and BBC and, you know, Facebook and, you know, all my social media outlets. I am not looking at my phone when I am present supporting people and leading them because if they have Phil, they have 100% of Phil. They don't have 50% of Phil or 75% of Phil. And so I think that setting up easy ways for people to focus on what they need to focus on and understand this process, like the four steps I mentioned, learn, read, write, talk, that that's one of the that that's the ticket the ticket in i love that and i want to say too just being present and it shows people respect and that you appreciate them and i you know it's something that has always been drilled into my head that yeah be present when you are in a situation but it shows respect and everything else along with it it's so true do you know that the research shows that when you're in conversation with someone and you're in the position of listening because they're speaking to you, 80% of the people are not focusing on what the other person is saying. They're focusing on what they plan to say next. Isn't that unbelievable? It's kind of sad, I think. It is. It's remarkable that people are not active listening, right? That, you know, there's there's a big difference between hearing and listening you know hearing is you're just bringing that in and you could like tune it out like oh yeah i'm hearing somebody talk but i'm not really paying attention to what they're saying right (laughs) yeah you know my mom um i'm thinking about my dad today as well because uh both my parents have since passed away and it's my dad's birthday today and so i've been thinking a lot about my family i always do but you know especially today and i remember my mom saying who had a severe hearing loss and finally she got hearing aids because she was resistant for many many years about that and you know she would say to me honey i might not be able to hear but your father he doesn't listen And she really made the (laughs) distinction between hearing and listening. Now, my father begged to differ on that, right? But it it just was so funny in terms of their dynamic. You know, married for 53 years, blissfully in love. I grew up in a blessed, in a wonderful family and uh, Italian family, might I tag on. But, um, (laughs) but yeah, there's a big difference between hearing and listening. I love that you said that because... You know what? It is so true. My kids always comment on stuff like that, too. How come you're just tuning us out? I'm like, because I just don't want to listen right now. <laughs> oh, it's so true. We, we have to reduce that select of times. When I need to be present, I'm present. But when I just don't want to hear the matter, I completely tune my kids out. And I just, they always get a kick out of it. Yeah. You know, I think that my mom did that on some level with me. Um, 
you know, I think that you know that I have a hard time taking no for an answer. I believe we can facilitate any change as long as we're willing to put the work in to do it. And, you know, my my mom would say that I was the why kid. Well, why do we have to do it that way? Why can't we do it a different way? Or, well, you know, you're telling me, like, no on this, but, you know, could we do this, this, and this? And so, <laughs> you know, finally she would just use the words, you know, I'm – 60 years old, and, you know, I grew up in children are seen and not heard, right? And my mom would just look at me, and I'd say, well, why do we have to do it that way? Because I said so, and we're done, <laughs> right? It's like, yeah. you know, after the banter going back and forth and back and forth, but I will tell you, I was listening to what she was saying, right? And my brain yeah. was constantly processing information to move to the next thing, and in retrospect, in fact, this was one of the last things my mom said to me before she passed away. She said, honey, it's been so wonderful to get to know how you think and the adult you've become because you focus oh. on solutions. You don't focus on problems. And yeah. I think we have a lot of problems in the workplace with people not feeling successful and also not really knowing what their employers want, right? Yeah. Like it's not always visible. You know, part of my job in education is to make the invisible of education visible to all kids. And I think we need to do yeah. that in the workplace as well. Um, and it's time well spent because then you get better performance and better engagement from your employees. That is something that we need to get out there. So let's talk about some steps. Some, you know, because we do have a lot of people that listen to our program that do own businesses. And they, it's definitely uh, something that has come up on topics that, you know, I just don't understand this employee. I just, you know, there's always that communication thing. So let's start. How can we, what kind of steps can we use to help some of these individuals out there? Yeah, you know, so many times um, employers will assign tasks to employees, right? That's kind of how the workplace works. And let's do an example that's pretty common in, in the business world. Like many businesses have their employees write proposals in some form or another. You know, and one of the very first steps of the learn, read, write, talk, we're going to go into the first phase of learn, is how does your company even define what a proposal is, right? Because employees are not mind readers. We need to say, this is what's important to us as a company. These are the key elements of a written pitch that this company is looking for. And we know that when you're trying to suggest something, whether it's in a written form like a proposal or just even at a meeting, for example, that proposals really take a lot of forethought. And so companies need to outline what is the thinking process, the planning, the prioritizing, so that you will get a yes. Because then employees know, just like I said in the beginning of our conversation, I'm happy to follow the rules if you just outline for me what they are, right? So this is what we're looking for. And this is the learn about phase. And it's you know, with the example of the proposal, it is critical for companies to link then, for example, proposal writing to the company's belief system. 
because it has to match up, especially if you are the owner of a company. Now, I own two companies, and under that entrepreneurial umbrella, I have a belief system that my companies are grounded in, and anyone who does work with, for, or contracted uh, with my companies, they need to know what's important to Phil Maycumber. They need to know what the guidelines are. These are have-tos. These are not choices because it stems from your belief system. And, yes. you know, that doesn't that get every employee on the right point A, Candace? Like, it's the, it's the right yellow brick road, right? Like, so you, yes. you're just automatically just saying to people, this is our philosophy here. And then you move them to the next phase. You know, so it's not that hard, like with the example with the proposals, you know, what's important to us as a company and how we represent ourselves. Like, don't put something in front of me if you know it doesn't tie to the belief system of our company, right? Well, and I like that because this is something that when you're hiring a person, this is something that you should be explaining to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hire, not hired type of criteria, right? Yeah. You know, and then you well, you don't want somebody you, that's not going to fit in with your philosophy to be working with you, anyway. Correct, correct. You know, and then you move on to the read about phase uh, related to the proposal example I gave. Like companies then need to gather samples of out of the park proposals that previous employees wrote. You know, example, 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 but with a purpose. You just don't pass these things out and fly little birdie read through them. You know, I. I feel like we need to dissect them and say these are the components that make this a strong proposal. And then sometimes in order to teach something, you need to do it in a compare-contrast. So it's always helpful to show what you're not looking for. And here's some examples of weak proposals, and it's missing this, this, and this. So strong versus weak. And we know, back to the brain, that if we teach in a comparative model like that, the brain absorbs information much better. Like, like Candace, you are a wonderfully warm-hearted person. However, you have also experienced other emotions in life. Like, you can truly appreciate true happiness because you've experienced deep sadness. That's a compare-contrast, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we need to do a compare-contrast when diving in deeper for doing anything. But related to this proposal example, that's a great way to train staff and say, not only is this our company belief system and these are the important components of a proposal, but here's some examples of proposals that didn't hit it out of the park, and here's why. And then obviously the writing part, the learn, read, write third phase is they actually write a proposal based on something that they want to pitch you and then um, go to the power of the spoken word and then present it in the talk about phase because oftentimes you're not just turning something in. You know, you're usually standing in front of people trying to pitch your proposal. And to me, that's the cherry on the Sunday. And, you know, it's, Companies should also highlight what they're looking for in a proposal presentation when they're pitching to their department head, their upper mid-management, or even, like, higher up. And, you know, you might be thinking, Candace, and maybe some of our listeners might be thinking, like, shouldn't these people in positions have learned this already in their education? Well, of course they did. They prob- If they were in business school or a business major or 
in working for a book publisher or, you know, whatever it is, they might have that information, but it's in a dusty file in the back of their brain. And more importantly, like I said before, employees are not mind readers. You know, company philosophies differ from company to company, and companies need to be really explicit in what they're looking for. And just this proposal example, I thought, was a nice way to kind of say it's not very complicated. Learn, read, write, talk. Set people up for success. And, again, I think you're going to get better work performance and motivation using this kind of model. So how do you help these companies? So if we've got some companies that are listening to us today, how can you help them out? Can they get in contact with you? How will that work out? Oh, yeah, they absolutely can get in contact with me. Um, You know, typically that would come from department heads, mid-management, or even higher up, like I said. Um, You know, CEOs, you know, could contact me. And we could do a variety of things. Um, You know, I always say hone in on a focus. Like, I gave you an example of a focus uh, just because I've been involved in this whole proposal writing thing. I've also been involved with... um, you know, department or company-wide meetings and how to get better buy-in from staff. And let's actually train a simple four-step model for staff feeling like their opinion counts more because we know people are resistant to change. Well, how can you set it up that you're not going to get a lot of pushback in your company for the changes that you believe really need to happen? Um, And... uh, so my website is aboutthepact.com. That's about, A-B-O-U-T, the, T-H-E, pact, P-A-C-T, dot com. And the PACT is the acronym uh, that uh, houses the four steps, the learn about, read about, write about, talk about. And like I said, this is not just an educational initiative. This really is a anyone who needs to learn and then be successful, whether you're a student or an employee, can benefit from using this model. Thank you so much. You know, for all of our listeners, we're going to be doing a two-part series in regards to learning a lot about this, and I'm really excited that Phil is going to be coming back on our program here in May. Um, Phil, is there any last-minute things? I know our show went really quickly today. There was so much to talk about in a very short period of time. Is there any last-minute things you want to share with our listeners? Last-minute things. Um, Do I have time to just give a quick example, another example? That I mentioned, um, or should we have, save that for our next show? Let's save that one for our next one so that we can get our amazing listeners to be excited about that. Okay, that sounds great. Um, yeah, I think that what I'd love to leave your listeners with is that in order for people to achieve their potential, they really need two things. They need explicit instruction so that you teach them what they need to know And then secondly, they need your belief in them. Those are two really important things. And so one of that is based on knowledge. You need to give them the knowledge, but then you also need to give them the self-confidence and the belief that they can do it. And by breaking it down in bite-sized chunks, that's the, the secret solution. That is wonderful. And that gives them the confidence to 
to do everything that they can do. And I, I love that. Thank you so much, Bill, for coming on to today's program. I loved it. I'm going to be sharing, for all of our listeners, I'm going to be sharing all of Bill's information on our social media links so that you can check it out also. I know that our call goes very quickly and it's always so much information to take in in a short period of time. So I will be posting her amazing website here so that you can check it out and you can get a hold of her. But again, we are going to be having Phil back on our program in May, so you'll want to check that out also. Thank you, Phil, my amazing friend, for coming on my program today. It was a pleasure having you. Oh, it is my pleasure, and also I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed, Candace. and I so believe in the work that you're doing and the message that you're putting out, and I truly am honored to be a part of that. Oh, thank you so much. And and that's what I, honestly, I think I love about the Divas That Care the most is that I've had the amazing opportunity to collaborate and get to know women like yourself. And I would never have been able to do that if it wasn't for this program. So I thank you so much. I'm so grateful to have you in my life. I'm grateful for the connections we have made. And, and um, through that, we've had other friends in common. And it's just been a great time. So thank you for coming on my program and for being a part of the Divas That Care tribe. Oh, it's such a privilege, and thank you as well. And I look forward to our part two. Yay, me too. All right, well, and thank you to all of our listeners. That's what we're, the Divas That Care is all about is, you know, connecting with amazing individuals out there that are really changing the world, changing our thought process and making us open our minds to possibilities that we never even thought were possible. Um, and make sure that you check out all of our other hosts, all of our other guests, we have so many guests that we've we've able to have on our program in the last 12 years. You want to go check them out. They're just so amazing, inspiring, empowering, and we love you to connect with them. You can check them all out at divasthatcare.com. So thank you again. Make sure that you guys do something kind today. Until next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.